Welcome to Seller's Journey, the podcast where we speak to great sales reps and leaders and share their real stories from start to sales success. Hi, everyone. I'm Joseph Fung, and today we're speaking with Tarek Esmail. He's a retail sales lead at Shopify. Tarek, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Joseph. Super excited to be speaking with you today. Now, you've had a really interesting journey. You've been in a number of industries. You're working at one of the, the most dynamic companies in the world. Uh, and now you're, you're leading a retail sales team. Can you, can you give me the elevator pitch? You know, what does is, what is your team offer? What does Shopify do? Why should we be sending customers your way? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so at a very high level, let's just start with Shopify. Uh, the mission statement here is to make commerce better for everyone. Um, so, you know, commerce being the transactions, the exchange of goods or services, uh, everyone being the businesses we work with, their consumers, their customers, their suppliers, wholesalers, even the shippers and logistics companies. Um, so that's Shopify at a very, very high level. Um, mm-hmm. But to focus a little bit on what my team works on. So I work within the retail team. So we work specifically with businesses who do have uh, physical locations, brick and mortar stores. Um, and uh, we help them implement and adopt uh, the Shopify uh, products and services that are going to be best suited for them. Um, now, if you're working with bricks and mortar stores, uh, we're all you know working from home, shelter in place, a lot of retail shut down. How's the current environment impacting your team? Yeah. So I think like for a lot of people, uh, it's been a world of change. Um, specifically for us, what we're seeing, you know, working with businesses who've had to actually close their doors um, is that we feel we've been kind of pushed forward into the future. You know, we do believe that being able to sell and engage with consumers in an omni-channel way, so that's in-store, online, on social media and marketplaces, uh, we do feel that that's the future. And I think for a lot of businesses who've been forced to close their doors um, during the lockdown, uh, they've really uh, had to focus on exactly that. Uh, their omni-channel, their online, their social, their marketplace strategy. Um, because of course, for a lot of businesses who do you know, more than 90% of their business in-store, uh, right now that's no longer an option. So we've been working with those businesses to leverage the other channels uh, to be able to make up for some of the revenue that, that they're not getting at the cash register today. This is awesome. So this is where you're at now. Let's rewind kind of go back and maybe you can help our audience. Where did you go to school and what was your first role out of school? Yeah, great question. So I actually went uh, to school at Western, the university of Western Ontario. Uh, and I was a science student doing biology and, and psychology. And, um, at the time, you know, for me, I was, I was a STEM student. I had a, a science background. Um, and I think during my undergraduate, I, I found that I wouldn't be interested in spending too much time in a lab. Um, and I, I felt it was missing some of the more social dimensions that, that are important to me. Um, so coming out of school, I decided that I would, uh, try and find a job, uh, that would be more corporate, you know, less theoretical. Um, mm-hmm. And sales was a natural place to be able to do that without having any prior corporate or business education or experience. Uh, so getting into sales was a little bit out of circumstance uh, initially, but, you know, I fell in love with it and 
and I'm still in it today, eight, eight years later or so. Now, for some of our guests, what we find is that the twists and turns and kind of subplots of their story is more about their journey getting into sales. Whereas I think for you, more of it is during your time in sales. So do you mind if we unbox some of this stuff? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I know that we spoke and you've worked in a couple of industries, your your first selling role, the Marcus Evans Group. Can you give a quick version? What were you selling and to who? Yeah. So Marcus Evans would put on conferences, corporate training conferences um, uh-huh. for executives to stay up to date on their industry or the regulations in their industry. So for example, if you worked in pharma or maybe uh, food service and restaurants um, or even oil and gas, a lot of regulations in these industries. And so we'd put on conferences for executives to be able to refresh their knowledge and stay up to date on these changes. And so Marcus Evans would organize the conference, organize the speakers and the content. And then I was one of the reps responsible for bringing these executives from these industries to actually attend the conference and learn um, learn about these new regulations or, or their changing industry. Okay, so now you're, you're selling events, tickets to professionals, but then you move into another sales role in the ad tech space. Can you share a bit more about your time at Outrank? Yeah. Um, so Rogers Outrank was uh, you know, a large sales team. I think we had 150 or 200 people there very structured. We were selling to small businesses like Mm -hmm. contractors, lawyers, or dentists to help them get more clients by being found online on Google through SEO and and pay-per-click advertising as well. Um, So uh, a very large, very well-oiled machine is what I would call that that sales team. Uh, Clear and strict process, uh, monthly quotas, uh, a lot of outbound cold calling and selling. And I think I really learned a lot about some of the fundamentals and also found a lot of my confidence in in selling products there. Um, And that's really where I think I fell in love also with having a quota uh, and a a clear goal to work towards. Um, So I spent about a year there and I I think the first three months or so I struggled and, and finally hit my stride. And even to this day, I think a lot of the skills that I apply and, and then I'm teaching my team. A, a lot of those were learned to, at Rogers Outrank. Can you give a couple of examples? You know, what sticks with you as a, a key takeaway from your experience there? Yeah, uh, I think for me, when I say fundamentals, uh, what I'm referring to uh, at Rogers, I learned how to use tone uh, instead of logic uh, when trying to convey a point or being able to use questions to make a point rather than having to just make statements. Um, and also I mentioned confidence. I think having the confidence to, you know, ask for the business or, uh, you know, handle an objection uh, properly and still uh, persuade or encourage this person to move towards the goal you're looking for. Um, a lot of those really core things I think I, I learned at Rogers and, and laid the foundation for, for how I approach my job today. Okay. So, so far we've got you know, school, first direct selling, structured selling, building up the skills, still not really in a core tech role, but then you got the opportunity to go to Top Hat. And this is an interesting story. How did that come to be? Yeah, I think it was 
really, uh, like many, many uh, opportunities, it was just a matter of good fortune and good timing. Um, it was my direct manager and also uh, director above that who were moving over to Top Hat. And I was still early in my career. I, I didn't know too much about you know tech sales. I didn't even understand in, in the grand scheme of things where I sat when I was at Rogers and what this whole sales thing could be. Mm-hmm. But I did know that very exciting tech companies, venture-backed tech companies were growing very quickly. They had this reputation of having uh, open environments full of energy, um, you know, disruptive and innovative, all the, the buzzwords, I suppose. And uh, for me at that time, um, you know, being young, relatively ignorant, I was looking at you know, Rogers, this telecom mega corporation, and then this young, exciting ed tech startup, or I guess it was kind of medium size at that point. Um, and uh, the manager and director wanted me to go with them. And so I didn't know much better. I said, I have strong leaders here. Uh, sounds like an exciting company uh, with a lot of potential. And, and so I followed them and, and ended up at Top Hat. And that was my first, I think, real kind of tech sales role uh, up to that point. So how, uh, when you think about them moving on, uh, it's an interesting decision as a manager, as a director to say, hey, I've got this team member who I think is good enough that I want to take them with me. What do you think you did to get that invitation? I, you know, I think, and it was myself and, and a, a few other reps on the team as well. And I think f- for me, what they saw is uh, I was eager. I was ambitious. I, I worked very, very hard, um, you know, in, in the absence of knowledge, experience or talent, I, I compensated by working as hard as I possibly could. And I think, you know, sitting where I am today, having had some management experience, when I come across someone who is eager, who wants to learn and who wants to work hard, mm-hmm. um, those are amongst the most important traits for for any person on my team. So I think uh, that's likely why they, they wanted to take me or, or invited me to go with them and um, still feel quite lucky that that was the case. And how, how did things go at Top Hat? Uh, you know, you were there for what, a little over a year and a half or so. You know, what what were some of the high points? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a year and a half exactly. Uh, I love the environment at Top Hat. You know, what I expected in terms of young teams full of energy and, and very specifically, you know, I must have been 24. Uh, so not too much time since I had graduated and now working at this company where I was working with universities, it, it actually felt like quite natural um, mm. and and like a great, great place to be. Um, and I think the skills that I learned at Rogers, a much more structured environment, um, allowed me to be successful at Top Hat uh, in the early days. And I also struggled with the transition a bit, you know, working with business owners at Rogers, uh, talking about getting clients and their top and bottom line, and then moving to Top Hat, where I was now engaging with professors, definitely uh, a wide range of personalities you're dealing with. Uh, They have different reasons for wanting to be professors and different goals and and outcomes that they expect from their work. So uh, you're having a lot more different conversations in that environment than I had been at Rogers. But anyways, it was a great experience. I absolutely love the environment. I think um, towards the end of my time there, uh, while I had done well, I think I kind of lost balance and and was in a 
more difficult place personally and definitely made some mistakes uh, towards the end of my time there. But overall, it was a great experience. Uh, and, and I think that's when I decided I wanted to stay with tech companies and specifically with high growth tech companies. Now, every, every journey has ups and downs. And I know we focused a lot on the ups and you shared earlier that you're willing to speak about some of the downs. So, so thank you again for that. You had mentioned that you were actually let go from Top Hat. Can you share a little bit about those circumstances? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can. Um, I was let go from Top Hat. And, you know, up to that point, again, you've heard me say it a couple of times, I think I was young uh, and naive, but I'd been doing quite well uh, in my roles to that point. And I think I was a little more confident. I think the word is cocky than I should have been. Um, still young, making more money than I, than I thought I would be. Uh, not a lot of balance in my life, not a lot of structure and routine, uh, and definitely enjoying being you know, 24 or 25 years old, uh, as I think some people are likely to do. And uh, I think I lost focus on my work. I, I wasn't passionate about it. I wasn't uh, approaching it with the same commitment or eagerness that I had been. I think there were potentially distractions in my life, and, and I took my eye off, off the prize. I lost focus on my career a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, my numbers slipped. I don't think socially I was the best person to be around. And I probably wasn't being a great teammate either, whether that meant working with the BDR supporting me or the onboarding team who, who was trying to help my deals go live. I, I don't think I approached those relationships in the best way possible, uh, a little too self-interested. And so, oh, so you have if, yeah, if you were speaking to someone in a similar situation, what are some of the specific behavior changes that you might have suggested to yourself or, or to someone in a similar boat? Yeah. So I think one thing to remember, uh, and this is, you know, this resonates with me is to stay humble. You will do well. Um, you will have great months, great quarters, and you'll also have miserable ones. Um, but you, you really just have to kind of stay level. Um, don't let your ego get the best of you, even if you know, you're know you setting records or you've had a great month or, or several in a row. Um, you know, it's that's not permanent. You will have ups and downs. And if if you're not behaving properly during your ups, um, it, I, I found it, it'll come back to haunt you during your downs. So try and stay level. Uh, don't get too up. Don't get too down. Uh, focus on your process, focus on your skill set, uh, and continuing to do the right things. Uh, if the outcome goes your way, that's amazing. If it doesn't, that's okay. Uh, don't let your your pride or your ego uh, step in and take responsibility for all those wins and take control of your life. And I think hand-in-hand uh, hand with that, being humble, is to really listen. Uh, you will get to points in your career where everything seems great. You will feel invincible. You will feel like the smartest person in the room. And if, if you do not step back and stop yourself from feeling that way, uh, you may start to believe it. You'll stop listening to people. And the reality is there are so many people around you who have done things you haven't done, who have experiences that you don't have and have learned lessons that if you just listen to them, you will learn them without having to experience them yourself. And in many cases, that's important. Now, you, you spoke about you know, the kind of how you might've changed your, your behavior. And I think those insights are fantastic. 
uh, earlier before a call, you characterized it as a painful wake-up call. And I know you took a bit of a gap between your time at Top Hat and your next role. What did you do to, to kind of get yourself you know, back up in the saddle, you know, if we want to use that metaphor? How did you, you get yourself over those challenges? Yeah. So I was, you know, when I was like, go, this hit me like a punch in the face. I was doing well. I was confident. I was cocky, like I said, and, and this was extremely humbling. It, it knocked me, it knocked me down. And I think I, you know, I struggled with a little bit of depression. I mean, I wasn't diagnosed, but I was certainly at a low moment in my life. And I don't mean to use the word lightly, but I really think that's what it was. Um, I faced a bit of a crisis. I didn't know if I was going to get back into tech or, or sales at all. Um, so a couple months of just spiraling, I would say. And then I think I was lucky. I joined my father on a trip to Kenya, which is where he's from, uh, Nairobi, Kenya, originally, mm -hmm. and spent about a month there with him, um, kind of just disconnected from my previous life and all my existing relationships and obligations or you know, perceived obligations. And I think that freed me up to really think, uh, shift my mentality to, to be more forward thinking, let the situation that had occurred go, uh, accept it as being a part of my past and really change from spiraling to planning. And I think I decided at that point that I did love sales. I did want to get back into tech and any opportunity that I could line up at that point, I, I would get into it and I would do it with, with renewed uh, commitment. I think that's what I did. And I was, I was quite lucky, actually. It was a director at Clio who coincidentally had also worked at Rogers. Um, so we, we'd worked a little bit together, not directly, uh, but she wanted to give me a chance at Clio. And, and that was a moment in my life where my confidence was like bottomed out. It was zero. I wasn't even sure I'd be able to do an interview. Um, and uh, she, she really gave me a chance. Um, I think she knew that I'd been let go and I'd been in a very weird place mentally and personally. Uh, and she gave me a chance at Clio and that kind of put me back on the track that I'm on today. But for me coming out of this, I was, I felt like a more complete human. Like I, I wanted this. I didn't get into sales this time out of circumstance. I wasn't feeling it out. I knew what it was. I knew I wanted it. And I think every day since then, I've been more directed uh, and deliberate with my career uh, and my craft. Well, big shout out to to her for giving you that opportunity as well. Uh, that's that's awesome to to reach back out to previous employees and and to give those kind of opportunities. So so big two big thumbs up to that manager as well. I think uh, I think I wouldn't be doing her justice if I didn't name drop her. If that's okay, Alana Shulman, thank you. Uh, I know you're out there, and I really appreciate you, Alana. Thank you so much for for giving Tarek that opportunity. Uh, big props to you. Tarek, I've kept you longer than I promised I would. I appreciate you opening up so much. Do you have time for a couple of rapid fire questions before we wrap up? Definitely. Okay. So in your journey, you've had some ups and downs. You've worked at some of the best tech companies in Canada, North America. First on tools, what's your favorite sales tool? I love using Gong. Um, I, I feel like they give me the eyes to see what my gut is telling me. I love Gong. Nice. What about your favorite movie? Birdman. Uh, I'm, I'm into the kind of psychological nice. meta type stuff. So Birdman, yeah. Great. And then when you were a kid, what did you want to grow up to be? 
Uh, I love cars. I really, really wanted to design cars as a kid. I didn't know if that was like uh, as an artist or as an engineer. Uh, I just loved cars and I used to draw them all the time. That is great. Oh, that, I love the specificity of that, designing cars. Tarek, thank you so much, not just for your time, but for opening up and sharing your journey with everyone. Uh, I know those conversations aren't always easy, and I really appreciate you being as candid as you have with us today. Hey, thank you so much for hearing me out. My pleasure. I'm so looking forward to keeping in touch into our next conversation. Thanks again for joining us and wishing you all the successes in, in your role at Shopify and helping all those businesses get online. Thank you. <laughs> you take care.